0: Hey guys, what's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? It's uh, your boy Jared here. Just uh, sitting in front of the computer. And, uh, doing a little remote recording on my phone tonight. Don't feel like breaking out all the equipment. Um, I don't have a headphone jack on this new phone I have, so. Uh, and I don't have a dongle to connect my wire earphones, and I don't have wireless earbuds yet, so. We're gonna see how this sounds. So, I mean, we're just going to, I'm just going to roll with it here. Like I said, I got my, my phone set up. I didn't feel like digging out the equipment. I don't have wireless earbuds yet. That's my next purchase. So, uh, there's been, there's been a lot of shit that I want to talk about. And I mean a lot of shit that I want to talk about. Uh, what's going on with professional wrestling? Uh, especially the WWE, the Vince Man thing. We'll get to that. There's so much boxing and MMA news. There's some cool shit I found. Uh, for starters, um, Kurt and I are going to um, probably do two episodes this week. Uh, I got to start on the research tomorrow night. We're going to do uh, the 1990 World Series, Oakland Athletics versus Cincinnati Reds. We'll do that this weekend, uh, and then uh, one night this week won't be tomorrow night. Um, I'm uh, doing a little Masonic traveling tomorrow night, Freemasonry stuff. But Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, or Thursday night, we'll get together and do a, a Weeknight Chronicles episode. But uh, there's just so much shit I want to talk about and uh there's also I, I was just gonna get on here and talk about some things that bother me but there's a lot of newsworthy things going on too so I figured fuck it we'll uh we'll just cover some stuff so like I said uh you know I'm gonna talk a little stuff that I want to talk about but we're gonna we're gonna talk some sports news too because there's there's quite a bit of things and uh
1: one of the um one of the coolest things I found. Uh oh damn it, come on. So one of the coolest
0: things I found is uh I'm, you know I'm a big Colts fan. Uh that's that's my team. And uh say what you want about Jim Ursay. Uh, I know a lot of people hate Ursay's guts. Uh they think he's a pill because, I mean he's had some addiction issues in the past getting popped, but uh Jim Ursay the owner of my franchise, my team, he, he's a big boxing fan, huge boxing fan. And, okay, and you guys know my love for boxing and my love for football and how does this all tie in? Well, uh, I seen the story yesterday evening. Uh, he, over the weekend, walked away with a very historic piece in boxing history. Uh, He's a collector of memorabilia, sports memorabilia, especially boxing. And he walked away with Muhammad Ali's WBC title from the 1974 Rumble in the Jungle fight uh, where Ali bested Foreman. Uh, Now, you know, Foreman, we've talked about that fight before, and I think back in our time, Tyson versus Ali episode, uh, Foreman, you know Ali beat Foreman. That was when they were fighting in Zaire or Zaire, whatever. The Rumble in the Jungle. But uh, the WBC is one of the four governing bodies in professional boxing. You've got the WBA, WBC, IBO, and IBF. Uh, The WBC, to a lot of people, is the uh, that's the big green belt. That's the one that's that's the be all end all to a lot of people. But anyways, Ursay um spent 6 million dollars he spent 6 million dollars on a championship belt and like i said th- this is not a replica this is a ring used ring worn belt attached to the greatest boxer in the history of the sport uh, so <laughs> to to give you some idea it's it's like one, it's it's a holy grail piece in boxing history Uh, The belt originally sold in auction in 2017 for like $120,000. Rumor on the street is it's one of just two known Ali belts. There's two of them in existence. The other is uh, in a private museum collection, so we don't know who has it. But, anyways... (laughs) um, say it's just he, he added this piece to his collection, which is kind of cool because in his collection he also has uh, a couple other Ali pieces. He before he he purchased the shoes that Ali wore with his Thriller and Manila fight against Joe Frazier, and then he also bought Ali's walkout robe for his first fight when he stopped being Cassius Clay and become Muhammad Ali when he fought Sonny Liston in '65. So, uh, like I said, Ur- Ursay is a, is a huge, huge collector of memorabilia. Uh, he's got a Stratocaster guitar from uh, David Gilmour, Pink Floyd. You know, he paid like $4 million for that. He's got a set of Ringo Starr's drums. He paid $2 million for that. Uh, he's got documents written by America's founding fathers. Like, say what you want about him. He's a son of a bitch to a lot of people. But the owner of my franchise like I would love to spend just one afternoon in his man cave cuz I guarantee you the shit he has in there is is pretty cool but there's some holy grail pieces like this title so <laughs> uh hats off to Ursae for um for being a badass
1: like a legitimate badass So, another piece of boxing news that
0: I want to talk about, uh, and if you go back to our Laundromat Listenings Episode 5, recorded uh, June 8th, June 9th, June 10th, somewhere in there, uh, I broke down George Ferocious, Cambosis versus Devin Haney, which I had called probably the fourth, I called it the third or fourth biggest fight of the year at the, for the year calendar year 2022, and it was. Um... We're already talking about a rematch, and if uh, it's being planned right now, nothing has been conferred yet, but it's being planned for October 16th in Australia, which is a huge turnaround. You're talking a four-month turnaround, which is huge news. The whole reason this came about is when Haney signed the contract to travel to Australia to face Cambosis for the title, there was a uh, return bout signed, that in the event that no matter who won or lost, there would be a return bout and it would be held once again in in Australia. Uh, and of course, like I said, Haney surprised a lot of people, um, and hats off to Devin Haney. He's he's a hell of an athlete, he's a hell of a boxer, and he deserved his victory. Hats off to Devin Haney. Uh, I thought George Cambosis was going to mop the floor with him, that, that is not what happened because it was a unanimous decision. That Haney is now an undisputed champion. He has all four 135 pound titles in the in the 135 uh, pound division a, a, across all four of boxing's major sanctioning bodies. So, the, the fact that this rematch is is being touted this early now, uh, I seen on Twitter over the weekend. and I, I don't remember exactly what it said verbatim. Uh, either Haney or Cambosis one said, "I haven't agreed to." the date for a rematch yet, but they're tentatively scheduling it for October, which is amazing to me that it is that quick of a turnaround, and that potentially you could have Haney's first title defense being a loss, just kind of like with Cambosis, because if memory serves correctly, this title defense against Haney was his first defense and he lost. Kambosis, uh, if if the, if the return match gets booked for October Cambosis um, is coming in at 20 and 1 with his only loss coming to Haney. And then Haney should be coming in at 27, 28 and 0. Let me uh, pop on the Google machine here because I'm sitting right here at my home office since I work from home now. Let me uh, My dual monitor is going. Yes, Haney would be coming in at 28 and 0. Uh, right now, with the loss to Haney, uh, it put Cambosis down number 4 in the lightweight division. Haney now, who uh, fights out of Las Vegas, he's an American. He, he's obviously ranked number one in the world in the 135-pound lightweight division. So it'll be interesting. And, and as I always say, anytime we talk about any sport, uh, sports is a business. Doesn't matter if it's professional wrestling, football, baseball, hockey, tennis, swimming, whatever. Sports is a business. At the end of the day, if there's money to be made the money will be made because at the end of the day, it is a business, and these guys know that and a return battle draw huge numbers especially a second return by in Australia, now I don't think this one will be scheduled for Marvel Stadium, and that was impressive, they were in Melbourne at Marvel Stadium seeing you know, 60, 70, 80,000 people 50,000 people, however many was there I don't remember it, it was an impressive sight um they Probably still... I mean, it's going to be in Australia about. They could still be in Melbourne. Uh, if they do, one of the places being kicked around has been the uh, Rod Laver Arena, which would be the home of the Australian Open for tennis fans out there. But nothing has been... nothing has been cons- confirmed yet. And of course, we are cruising towards the two uh, two of the other biggest five biggest fights of the year, which is... Alexander Usyk versus Anthony Joshua, and then uh, of course the the biggest fight of the year that I've been talking about, or the or the most anticipated fight of the year. And I'm I'm tentatively going to put this at probably at the end of the year after all these fights have went down. I'll tentatively put this at probably the second biggest fight of the year, which would be Canelo Triple G because nothing they're not taking nothing away from my girls back in April, uh, Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor selling out fucking Madison Square Garden. What they did for boxing, not just women's boxing, but what they did for the sport of boxing and combat sports cannot be. But anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. So September, Triple G, Canelo, three, the rematch of all rematches. So I, I want to touch on something I just said a second ago, the uh, Usyk versus Anthony Joshua match. As we get closer to uh, bell time next month, uh, I'll do a full, I, I could potentially do a full preview of, Or I just might wait till after the fight and do a review. But as I said, this is one of the top five biggest fights of the year. This is going down August 20th in the Superdome in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Got some of that Saudi blood money going on. Uh, The winner of this contest will be the Unified Heavyweight World Champion. Um, And this is big because uh, this goes back to, to Tyson Fury again. Um... You know, Tyson said he retired after taking part in what I ranked tentatively as the fifth biggest fight of the year when he fought Dillian White back in April in England. Tyson said he was done, but I pulled a little article up uh, that I read the other day on one of the boxing websites, and that's been covered by ESPN. Uh, Tyson Fury says he, you know, he's done. Uh, but he said that he would. he's 32-0 and 0 right now with one draw. He's got 23 knockouts. Fury has talked that he would come out of retirement, but it's got to be a big payday. And when I say a big payday, you're talking astronomical numbers, like a $500 million purse, which is just stupid. It's such a high purse that nobody's going to, to I don't think. Now, this past week, Tyson Fury came out and said that he would step inside the ring again only for a bite, a fight with uh, Anthony Joshua in the United Kingdom for free. Why this is funny is the fight that a lot of people have wanted to see for a long time has been Oleksandr Usyk versus Tyson Fury. I want to see that fight. There's a lot of people that want to see that fight. Nobody wants to see
1: Joshua and... Um, Fury, I, I shouldn't say that, I shouldn't say that, Joshua's
0: never faced Fury, they, they've never squared off, it would be something to see, um, Fury defeated Deontay Wilder a couple years ago, Tyson's faced Deontay Wilder a few times, Joshua's, but I want to see, I want to see Usyk versus Joshua, or Yusick versus Fury. But now Tyson has said that he would come out to fight for free. But you have to understand that with the the fourth biggest fight of the year coming um, next month in Saudi Arabia with Yusuf and Joshua, you have to believe that no matter who wins
1: that fight, Tyson Fury is going to be approached. Um, So, it's about all the boxing news I have. I'm just really getting excited, and like I
0: said, this Yusuf Joshua fight, I'll, I'll cover a little bit more before or or after, and then of course uh, September when we go down for Canelo Triple G Part Three, like uh, I'm going to do multiple takes on that, uh, and that's just uh, it's going to be it's going to be something good, definitely going to be something good there.
1: So I want to talk a little bit of baseball, uh, quite a few
0: things baseball. Uh, I got to. My mind just is keeping wrapping around what's going on in pro wrestling right now, but we'll save that for the end. But I want to talk a little baseball. Uh, baseball is my first love. This podcast has been dominated by baseball episodes. Uh, we've done several, the majority of them being World Series recaps, which, uh, for whatever reason, World Series recaps seem to be some of our best uh, reviewed episodes uh, or well received. And what little bit of feedback we usually get, tends to come more on baseball than anything, but uh, I wanted to talk specifically about uh, baseball cards. So I've recently um, rediscovered an old passion for baseball cards and sports cards, and I attribute that to this uh, upcoming collaboration uh, with uh, Chris, a.k.a. Dutch, from uh, the After Two Beers podcast. Uh, He's on vacation right now, just seen it on Facebook. I told him when he gets back from vacation, we'll talk. We'll tentatively set a date uh, sometime next month for the collaboration episode. Uh, They're going to record an episode with us. We're going to record one with them. He wants to talk about sports memorabilia and baseball cards and stuff. And I was like, man, I haven't looked at my cards in years. So I went and found some of my cards, found some good ones, uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, This uh, guy I know. Uh, Real good friends with He just texted me the other day He has a shit ton of baseball cards He wants me to come look through And some stuff It's just This guy is real in touch With what I'm doing So he He knows a lot of things And then uh, I wanted to talk about A Mickey Mantle baseball card Uh, I seen this come across ESPN This morning And I read it And now I'm looking at The article right here There's a Collector's item from 52 a, A mint condition Mickey Mantle baseball card That they could be looking at Record breaking numbers uh, it, they're estimating ballpark this baseball card could sell for $10 million it's a 1952 top signed Mickey Mantle card uh, I'm looking at it right now
1: I mean it is uh, wow um, the record for a card right now
0: was uh, set about a year ago that was for a 1909 homeless Wagner card that sold at auction for like $6.6 million. Uh, when the auction debuted online uh, today for this Mickey Mantle card, the uh, bidding was up to, at press time of this ESPN article, it was already at like $4.2 million. I haven't checked it. I mean, you guys can go check it now if you want. Uh, I'm just, I'm into other shit. But, uh... The guy that's selling this card is is going to bankroll his retirement if he hasn't already. The guy that owns the card right now, <clears throat> uh, his name's Anthony Giordano. He owns a New Jersey company, waste management. He bought the card in 1991 for fifty thousand dollars. Think about that. He bought the card in 1991 for fifty thousand dollars, and they're estimating that this baseball card he's he let go to auction could sell for. Upwards of $10 million. Like, I mean, this is Mickey Mantle winner. This is a, uh, he's a Triple Crown winner, in 56. He's a three time American League MVP. And, uh, how many World Series did he get with the Yankees? Six, seven, eight. Uh, of course, Mickey Mantle passed away, uh, several years ago. Probably,
1: what is it? Um, Ninety-five, maybe ninety-six. Wonder if it. Click on this article.
0: A little more. Passway, away. Mickey Mantle passed away in nineteen ninety-five. Uh, but anyways, this it's just it's just fun to think about. The car is going to be on display in Atlantic City, New Jersey, uh, starting Wednesday through Sunday at the National Sports Collectors Convention. Uh, so it's it, you know. That's a pretty cool thing to say. So that's got me looking at baseball cards and stuff again. And it was just funny this came out because it's all connected. Um, oh, boy. That was my work phone you heard in the background. You know, call me Jared Two Phones. I'm going to pause this for a minute, guys, and I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. That was the That was the old iPhone work phone. Fucking hate iPhones. I'm not an iPhone guy. I've always been an Android guy. It takes a lot to get used to. Running an iPhone uh, sidebar, I did a little research. I, I got a, a 2020 iPhone SE, so yeah, it's like a three, four, five hundred dollar model iPhone. But I mean, the brains of it—it's running like an eight, nine hundred dollar iPhone. It's pretty impressive. Like, I'm not gonna lie, it's uh, it's impressive. Anyways, where the fuck were we talking about? Oh yeah, so the baseball cards, because like I said, this upcoming episode. With the uh, Dalton Dutch Dalton and all them guys, and um, uh, come on, man. So I don't know how long it's gonna go. Keep going. We <laughs> might, I might have to keep pausing it. So you guys might be hearing me pause it every so often to um to handle a little bit. Hey, man, I'm on call 24 hours. Uh, now I'm I'm uh like I said, I'm sitting here in front of the computer. I'm going to eBay because there was something I found on eBay last night that that absolutely
1: uh, blew my mind, and I wanted to share it with you guys, I told you guys I work for my best friend, right, now since I'm working from home and doing other things, so,
0: one of my, you know, there's a group of six of us, one of my best friends is my boss,
1: so, if I don't answer the phone, I, I get, you know, shit from two different directions, I swear, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, let me log into my eBay here. I just think this is—I just think this
0: is really cool. Um, I'm not used to doing eBay on the desktop, but come on, here we go. Where's my watch list? One of my favorite things I've always done. Uh, I discovered eBay about eight years. I shouldn't say discovered. I've known about it, but I got into eBay. About uh, eight years ago, that was when I had my accident at Wapaka, uh, when I suffered second, third degree burns. And uh, I was off work for six months. After I got home out of the hospital, you know, I was sleeping 18, 19 hours a day, doped up on painkillers and everything, because I'd never been in that kind of pain before. But then, the, you know, the four or five hours of the day that I was awake, everybody would be asleep. So I just got on eBay. So I like to look a bit. I find a bunch of things I, I, I watch. Just because I like seeing the prices, how crazy things get, and uh, since I'm getting back into sports memorabilia and specifically talking about baseball, I'm getting into cards and everything. Because I've always been a memorabilia collector. You ought to see my pro wrestling collection of things. But I was looking like uh, autographed baseballs. Like, what's the highest? There is a there is a baseball going on listed on eBay right now for a million dollars. It is a own, it is supposedly the only Josh Gibson. Signed baseball on Earth, Josh Gibson. Who's Josh Gibson? Well, let me tell you about Josh Gibson. I love baseball. He was basically what you would call, and this is, and they they quoted it correctly as far, or they described it accurately as far as I'm concerned. Uh, they put in quotation marks the black Babe Ruth in his day, and that's pretty much what Gibson was. He was probably the. Uh, until Jackie came along, he was probably the most uh, dominating batter dominating hitter, definitely feared by pitchers alike in the negro leagues uh, Jackie Robinson crossed the the color barrier and played in in the the big leagues uh, after Gibson had passed away three months prior, so they never got a chance uh. Satchel Page, one of the greatest pitchers of all time, said that Josh uh, Josh Gibson was probably the greatest hitter he'd ever pitched to, and and he pitched to, to Williams, Maggio, Mays, Mantle. Uh, said none of them was ever as great as Josh. Uh, it's it's just funny because um, there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of available history pieces from the the era of the Negro Leagues, before Jackie Robinson crossed everything, boundaries and everything, uh, what what few things, artifacts, and memorabilia survive from the days of the Negro League eras are all in the hands of a bunch of private collectors or in a couple of museums, people that don't want to let go of things. Um, so the, the baseball itself, it is just horribly... Multicolored. I mean, it's not it's not tattered and falling apart. Um, but it's it's uh, it's impressive to see it. Uh, Gibson signed the ball, the Homestead Grays, July eighth, nineteen forty two. Uh, the reason this guy, I'm reading the description right now. The guy basically says he tagged the price at a million because a Joe Jackson baseball photo 8x10 recently sold an auction for 1.4 million so considering how there is kind of been a high demand for Josh Gibson memorabilia and the fact that there's not that much this guy's taking this ball could go for more than that but it's been it's it's uh it's been authenticated by several of the I don't know what you call me the authenticators specifically to me the, the top dog JSA and it comes with letters certificates of authenticity, but I'm just looking at the ball right now, and, um, wow, what a, what a very cool piece of professional rest, or professional, uh, professional baseball history and memorabilia, um, I think it's outstanding, uh, I was actually just looking on eBay last night for a signed autographed baseball from, uh, one of my favorite pitchers who had a bright star and it didn't bright. It didn't, didn't shine very long. Uh, Jose Fernandez, the Miami Marlins pitcher who, uh, made his major league debut in 2013. He was rookie of the year for the NL 2013. He, He just, I've never seen somebody dominate like that. Uh, my fascination and obsession with Jose started, uh, 2013 was the first year I played uh, fantasy baseball on ESPN, and I needed a pitcher uh, on day two or three of the of the season. And uh, I just went to the waiver wire and just I uh, seen a guy starting named Fernandez for the Marlins, and I was like, I just need a pitcher, I don't care. And then after I seen what he did the next day, I was like, Holy shit, I'm going to hold on to this guy for just a little bit. And uh, I wrote him all season to a second-place finish in my fantasy baseball league. Um, the 2013 All-Star Games was uh, held in New York, I do believe. I'm trying to think. I thought I want to say the 2013 game was held in New York. I can't remember, but that, that game was dominated by some of my favorite pitchers at the time. Uh, Chris Sale was in there, and Jose, and And he signed. and They're hard to find. This particular ball is hard to find. I've been looking. They used to be on there. After he after it was over the first season, I mean he was a young horse, you know, and he had he had an old oh shit season. Like, watch out for this kid; this is going to dominate the league for the next ten or fifteen seasons. They were easier to find then. Now they're harder to find with his untimely passing that happened a few years ago in the boating accident. Um, but uh, he signed the the All Star game ball, you know, Jose Fernandez number sixteen. 2013 NL Rookie of the Year, just as ROI, uh, and I want one to display, because I'm redoing my office right now, I'm not really redoing it, I'm just starting to decorate it with, with memorabilia and stuff, uh, which is going to be a pain in the ass when I move next year, like I said, I won't be here forever, I'll be moving, I surrendered my house, um, shit, probably shouldn't say that, well everybody, most people did not know the story anyways, but, so uh, there's that, I just keep thinking about that. A million dollar signed baseball. Like a a a million dollar. You know what? I wonder what the most expensive thing is going on eBay. Let's just type signed. Signed. 4.8 million results. Let's type signed. And let's go price
1: highest first plus shipping. What do we what do we got? Uh Original pink and in pink, fuck I can't talk. Original pen and ink drawing,
0: Christopher Bow relocating city with flying beans, 1986 original
1: drawing, fifteen million dollars, the highest going thing on eBay right now. Uh, here's something cool. Uh, Arizona Cardinals defensive back the late Pat Tillman who was
0: killed in Afghanistan. Uh, he's got a picture or some uh, game one cleats from 2000 with the Cardinals, uh, $3.6 million. Some Andy Warhol paintings going for $3.1 million. What a lot of cool stuff. Tiger Woods is uh, a used scored car. It doesn't say where. $2.5 million.
1: Man, people this shit. Just fucking crazy, man. It doesn't say what when this came from. It doesn't say, uh, anyways. So, getting back to baseball, uh, of course, yesterday or Saturday, when
0: was that? I think it was yesterday. The uh, the 2022 Hall of Fame induction went down for Major League Baseball, or, uh, well, baseball in general, uh, at Cooperstown in New York, uh, headlined, of course, uh, by Big Poppy David Ortiz and posthumously by Gil Hodges, who was represented by his uh, daughter, because uh, Hodges passed away in, in uh, 72, I think it was, or 73. Uh, and that was a hell of a ceremony. I did not watch it. Um, I had the kids this weekend. I actually had them an extra night, last night. Uh, so I did not um, get to watch anything. Uh, of course, there was other inductees. Uh, Tony Olivia, Jim Cat, uh, Minnie Miniso, Buck O'Neill, and then uh, Bud Fowler. So, a hell of a clap. Uh, um, Gil Hodges, you might remember, uh, played first base in the 50s. And then, of course, he's most known for being the skipper for the Miracle Mets, which that uh, won the World Series Championship. Fuck, uh, Kurt would know. He wasn't born yet, but he would know. 68, 69? 69 Mets, yeah, of course, 69 Mets. I remember that, it goes tongue-in-cheek. Let me look.
1: Let me look here. I feel like that goes tongue-in-cheek, like I've heard that phrase before now. Yep, 69 Mets, the Miracle Mets. So, that's awesome.
0: I don't know, I mean, there ain't no way around it. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool shit man for such good shit, pal. Oh man, is he ever in some fucking water! Oh my god, about melted Friday when everything went down. Finally, uh, do we got anything else baseball wise I want to talk about before I get in this? I've got to record ninety minute episodes here, and I've used thirty two minutes already, which means I got fifty eight minutes left to go. I mean, is there anything baseball? Wasn't there something today or yesterday about Manfred with the United States Senators? Let
1: me see what the old Espen says. Oh, uh, it was just more about this minor league fucking... So, if, if you guys remember, we briefly touched on this in an earlier
0: episode, I think, or maybe just in cross-talk of one of our episodes we've done about the... Uh, the United States Senators, uh, with Manfred, uh, he, questions about the sports, uh, minor leaguers and antitrust exemptions, basically, they're, they're wanting a answer from him about this, uh, the money and da-da-da-da-da, and they've just, they're giving him a few extra days to pull something out of his, I hate Manfred's guts, I shouldn't say I hate Manfred, it's not right, uh. The, oh, there is one other thing that's kind of big news to me. One of my favorite players, uh, the Texas Rangers, have agreed to uh, a contract with uh, Al with the former AL Cy, Cy Young winner, uh, Dallas Keuchel. Uh, unfortunately, he'll be starting in the minors. He's going to the minor league. Uh, Keuchel is uh, about my age. He's thir- or he's my age. He's thirty-four. He played with the uh, earlier season with the White Sox in Arizona. He's a two-time All-Star selection. And he was uh, the 2015 Cy Young Award winner back in his glory days in Houston. Uh, in 2015, he was playing pretty lights out ball. He finished like 21 and nine, 20 and eight, whatever it was, and had a, and um, you know had a solid year uh, over his career. Right now, in general, though, Keuchel's 101 and 89, but he's got a 3.92 ERA, which isn't isn't great, but it's solid. If your ERA is under four for your career, that's pretty solid. So, um, he's, going, he's signing a minor league deal right now. Uh, his last start uh, came uh, just a few weeks ago, back on July 12th, with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Like I said, he played for the White Sox and the Diamondbacks before getting released by both teams. Um, not really that good. He's 2-5 and five with a 7.8 ER. ERA and 8 starts with the White Sox. And then uh, he's 0-2 with a 9.64 ERA for 4 starts so far with the Diamondbacks.
1: So, not the greatest. Sorry, work stuff again. It's like you guys never know I'm
0: gone. Just hit the pause button and you guys never know I disappeared. All right, moving on, moving on, moving on. There's a couple other things I want to talk about while I'm here. Something I wasn't prepared for. Let's just search the old Espen anything. Got to build towards this McMahon piece here. Uh, we got anything in it? there. Oh, there was something in NASCAR. It's always good to poke fun at NASCAR. Just ain't the same NASCAR I grew up on, but it's always fun to
1: poke fun at NASCAR. A little bit. Where, where, what, what the fuck did I see about NASCAR today? Oh, yeah, Joe
0: Gibbs Racing, that's what it is.
1: Uh, before that, though, is there anything else? Okay, here we go. Loading, loading. So, I guess yesterday, Pocono went down. Um and that's
0: right, because Pocono's usually junior's like Pocono Pocono's traditionally one of my favorite races of the year, at least when I was watching it week in, week out. Uh, it's the super speedway that drives like a road course. That's what Pocono is. Uh, some people hate it, I love it. Uh, a couple years ago we were we were on like a, a couple years ago, we were on bad luck, uh, where Pocono had got rained out both races that year on Sunday, so they re ran them on Monday afternoons at noon. Fuck, I just turned the race on down there and listened to the race all day while I was running the machine. That was, like, best day ever. Just sat there running the machine. Instead of listening to wrestling or music, fuck, I just sat there and listened to Pocono. But anyways, Joe Gibbs Racing got in some shit. They failed a post-race inspection. uh, And they are, I guess, started some shit with it, with NASCAR. And they have since apologized for failing the inspection and they are not going to appeal the, pen, the penalties. Uh, NASCAR did something that they haven't done since in my lifetime, and according to the research and what I read today, they haven't done this in like 60 years or better. They stripped. They took away Denny Hamlin's victory and the second-place finish of his teammate, Kyle Busch. Joe Gibbs racing finished one and two at Pocono and they stripped them of that. Uh, they found issues in both their cars that would affect the aerodynamics. Uh, NASCAR's senior vice president of the competition Scott Miller said there was extra layers of vinyl found under the wrap of the car or basically the paint scheme and it modified that area of the lower nose on each car. They thought it was uh, they thought it was a, um, an unfair competitive advantage. Now, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing's Wally Brown, who is the director of their racing or competition teams or whatever, said that they apologized. They this change in our build process was not properly vetted within our organization, and we recognize it as against NASCAR's rules. We hereby apologize for the mistake, and we have made changes to our process to make sure it doesn't happen again. Now, my guy, since I sim I've, I've semi come back to watching racing. Uh, Within the last few years. like I keep tabs on it. But I don't watch any races. Uh, I kind of come back start rooting for Bill Elliott's boy Chase. Chase finished third. You know he drives a fucking Chevy. Whatever. His dad drove a Ford for years. Uh, Chase finished third. Uh, He races for Hendrick Motorsports. They have went ahead and awarded him the victory. And he never let a lap the entire race. Uh, But Hamlin will be the first driver disqualified since 1960 um, that would have been his third win of the season and a track record seventh win at Pocono so how about that shit huh uh, anything in the NBA we should talk about uh... just a lot of uh... there's some Pacers shit you know involving Russell Westbrook and some trades and for West Westbrook and some draft picks in exchange for, like, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. And the Pacers rejected it. And a lot of people say
1: Westbrook's a ball hog. And maybe he is. But I don't see how you don't significantly increase your odds with a player like
0: Russell Westbrook. Uh, I talked to uh, one of my good friends, uh, Kurt's boss, my old boss, Adam Sweet, just the other week, over the weekend about it. I said, what do you get with that? He said, stats, not wins. I'm like, Ooh, hot take. Hot, hot take. So, where is my fucking vape? Ah, there you go. Sweet, sweet tobacco. I don't know. It would be it would it would be interesting to see. It would be interesting to
1: see Westbrook. Let me go to the Pacers page from ESPN here. Let's see what kind of headlines they have about this trade. We also could have had DeAndre Ayton and and that backfired.
0: I love Adrian Wojnarowski. When it comes to NBA sports, my trusted source is Woj. Like when it comes to the NFL, it's 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 Adam Schefter and fuck everybody else. When it comes to the NBA, it's Adrian Wojnarowski and fuck everybody else. And I got so excited, you know, to hear that Deandre Ayton was thinking about the Pacers. Because because here here we go. The Pacers. Here here, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um Deandre Ayton Came out of Arizona, coached by Sean Miller. I love Sean Miller. God, to love Sean Miller. Arizona is always consistently in the top five, top ten every season, whether it's defense, offense, whatever. They're in there at least one way. Uh, and DeAndre Ayton is not a bust. Like, DeAndre Ayton is a bona fide superstar. And, you know, the Pacers... Uh, Had signed a a four year, $133 million offer sheet. And I'm like, oh, and Woad's reported it. And where everybody's kind of like, all right, Phoenix isn't going to match that for whatever reason, their own stupidity, our gain. And then at like the 11th hour, you know, fucking the Suns decide they're not letting DeAndre Ayton walk. So I've. I I literally wanted to break pieces of furniture in my living room. Unfortunately, it couldn't happen. Because, I mean, yeah, I came out of the closet. I am a Lakers fan. But I'm also still a Pacers fan at heart, too. So, I guess, in theory, uh, I have two teams that I... I mean, I watch the sport. I mean, I like players on all 30 teams. But if I had to pick two teams that are really mine to... Uh, fuck it, I'll pick three. There's three teams that I really love to watch and, and I want to see good things for. Lakers, Pacers, Knicks. Let me go to the Lakers page and see if maybe they've
1: got some information about it because the Pacers page don't have it. And of course they ain't have nothing. You fuckers.
0: But anyways, yeah, yeah, you guys go check it out. There, There's some wheeling and dealing back and forth between the Pacers and the Lakers. Potentially the Lakers want, you know, some... Russell Westbrook and there's draft picks in exchange for that as well as Buddy Hield and Miles Turner and I, I I wasn't sold on Miles Turner to begin with I wasn't
1: but I I came around on Miles after a while so oh
0: man that's WWE news oh gosh we'll have to get to that here in a
1: minute that was just um.
0: About some wrestling news. Is there anything really I need to cover in hockey? I can't cover everything because if I do, then me and Kurt ain't going to have absolutely dick to talk about Wednesday or Thursday night when we do our mini episode. Um, there's some there's some hockey stuff here, but I think I'll save that for our episode. This was just me getting on here and uh, you know get getting a little more mileage out of the podcast, but me just wanting to talk about some things, and I don't have anybody to talk to. So I'll talk to all you people because
1: you guys seem to listen for whatever reason. You seem to listen. All right, guys. I uh, take care of something. I'll be right back. All right, guys. Look, you never knew I
0: was gone thirty minutes, did you? Until I broke the fourth wall. Okay, so I guess we're gonna just gonna we're gonna go ahead and mosey on to this. And um, I've got forty five minutes left. We've already been talking 45 minutes, so let's let's go ahead and talk about what I love to talk about more than anything, and especially on the episodes when it's just me is uh, professional wrestling sport. And uh, I just touched on it on our weeknight episode last week the the Vince McMahon thing. And two or three days after I recorded that episode,
1: uh,
0: word came down the internet fucking exploded. The internet exploded on Friday afternoon, on July 22nd, a, a date that will live in professional wrestling history and infamy. Vince McMahon stepped down and has officially retired. And I know what you're thinking. You guys that don't know a lot of pro wrestling just know it from hearing me talking. I always use the work, the terms, is it a work, is it a shoot? This is not, I don't believe this is a work. 100% do not believe this is a work. I believe this is a shoot. Uh, this hush money and the sexual assault allegations and all this shit going down. McMahon put out a statement and also released a brief tweet that at 77 years of age, it was time for him to retire and look forward to other things in life. So he stepped down. Well, today... Things just things just open up more. I mean, there's a lot to cover here, and I don't know if I can keep it all in chronological order because I'm bursting at the seams to talk about this shit. But we're going to try to, uh, and we're probably not going to be successful at keeping it all together chronologically. But uh, today, WWE posted an 8K filing, uh, the results of their uh, preliminary financial results for their second quarter in 2022. In the filing, it was detailed that the company has made a determination preliminarily. That certain payments Vince McMahon agreed to make during a period from 2006 all the way through 2022, including amounts paid and payable in the future, were not recorded in their financial statements, which is a big fucking no-no. It should have been recorded as expenses in the quarters those agreements were made, i.e. unrecorded expenses. Uh, Hereof, as the date of today, July 25th, 2022, and technically it is midnight now. It is 12.17 a.m. on Tuesday morning. It is July 26th. To date, these unrecorded expenses have totaled approximately $14.6 million. All payments on the unrecorded expenses were or will be paid out by Vince McMahon personally. Well, now you have the fucking SEC getting involved because the WWE... Uh, become a publicly traded company in the stock market in the year 1999. I know, I was there. I wasn't there, there. but I, I remember vividly, like, wrestling was my fucking life. So anything going on about it, the stock market. We played our first experience with the stock market came in sixth grade. We were playing with it in the fall of '99. I remember vividly the company going public in fall of '99. Well, now when you're a publicly traded company, as I said in the last episode, you have certain rules and laws. You have you can't just be well. This is my company. I can do with the money with I once as long as everybody else is still getting paid. Oh no 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 no. You might be the majority board shareholder, but you've got other fucking people to answer to. This shit all got started off going back on the June 15th uh, Wall Street Journal article that the board was investigating a secret $3 million settlement that McMahon had uh, made with a former employee, and I don't remember her name, Joy or something, whatever it was. I probably shouldn't say her name. I'll leave it out there. You guys can Google it. I thought her first name was Joy. Could be wrong. Does not matter. Uh, you know, he, he had an affair. It was consensual. Um, it was consensual. But he, you know, quid pro, quid pro quo, do for me, do for you, let's further your career. This was a good woman who was making six figures a year, ballpark about 100 grand a year. She wanted a pay raise. I'll increase it to 200k a year. come over here and give me a blow me, basically. Okay, that started that kicked a hornet's nest. So this shit gets all up and going. That kicked a fucking hornet's nest, right? Okay, Well, then matters got worse when three weeks later, on July 8th, The Wall Street Journal, published another article, another report, stating that he agreed to pay more than $12 million in the past 16 years. So, 2022, 16 years, 2012 was 10. Um, so, yeah, So going back to 2006, thereabouts, he agreed to pay uh, to, to suppress uh, allegations of sexual misconduct and, and infidelity. The payouts reportedly went to four women who were previously with the company, the women signed uh, non disclosure agreements that prohibited them from discussing potential legal claims against the relationship. Well, this just kicked the hornets' nest, okay? And you gotta understand the balls on Vince McMahon. This is the most powerful man in the history of the sport of professional wrestling. This man is the godfather to professional wrestling. This man in this business is and will be, and you know, I don't like to use re- religious iconography, whatever, but this man is God in this business. This is his business, this is his sport. He's had a monopoly on this shit for, for years. I'd say he even had a monopoly on it before 2001 when he purchased uh, WCW and ECW in the span of about four months. Okay, And by the way, those two companies that he purchased, at the time, they were the number two and number three companies. WWF was the biggest, WWE. What McMahon paid for both of those companies and their content and some talent contracts and their video libraries and everything... Essentially, he paid more for the trouble his fucking 77-year-old dick got him into than what he paid for these companies. And it just keeps getting worse, and it keeps getting worse. And you got to understand the balls in this guy. This guy took on the federal government in 1993. Okay? You always talk about eras in professional wrestling. And then in 93, 94 started the new generation era. For those of you that watched back then or don't... Did, Maybe you'll remember, or if you don't, I'll tell you. Uh, The business changed in '93. It was on a downswing. They were being sued for steroids and all this, and steroid allegations. The days of guys like Hogan and Warrior and Warlord and Hercules, all these great, big, large, fucking monster mountain of men who looked jacked. Who I guarantee you these motherfuckers were on juice. They were on the gas. Well, the WWF makes a transition while McMahon's under court fighting for the life of the company and himself so he doesn't go to prison with these steroids They make a change in the product. That's when you start to see smaller guys getting over all the time, making names for themselves. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Owen Hart, 123Kid,
1: Wildman Mark Merrow. All these guys, smaller guys, because they're not on the juice. They take the company in a new
0: direction. Anyways, McMahon was found not guilty of everything. He took on the federal government in 1993, and he won. And Vince has got a huge ego. So while this has all been going on, he's appeared on television a few times. You know, some PR stunt, world wrestling entertainment, then, now, forever, together. You know, people love him. The fans eat it up. All the meanwhile, he's, and again, what I can remember from these articles, the one, the first woman, the very first one, it was a consensual relationship. Not a good relationship to have, but it was consensual. These other four women, or however many women that's accused him, and people have come out, more people have come out with accusations, and I don't care what you say, this is wrong, but, but you always got to take that with a grain of salt because how many times does somebody come under fire for accusations and then it just seems like everybody comes out of the woodwork then to accuse this guy because not saying it's not true. Sexual assault and, and, and everything, it's a huge thing. It's a serious thing. Um, do I think Vince cape capable of it? Fuck yeah. I mean, I got in trouble for this man on Twitter a month and a half ago because I said nothing was going to happen. He's Teflon Don. Basically saying, you know, rich, famous people aren't held to the standards that we're held to. People like me and you. I talked about this last week. Very passionately. I talked about this last week. And I didn't think anything was going to happen. Of course, you know, they have to save face and do some public shit. You know, at the time, he, he decided to, to uh, step down, and, or not step down, he decided to step away and interimly leave his daughter in charge, Stephanie, who's married to probably one of the top ten greatest in-ring performers of all time, Triple H. He interimly left Stephanie in charge of the company. Well, then when he retired, she is now no longer interim. She's co-in-charge of the company with Nick Khan, and God Damn it. do you hear me talk about how much I hate Nick Khan's guts? In an alternate universe, and I'm not a conspiracy theory guy on anything in this world, but in an alternate universe, I could conspiracy theory say that Khan released, least or done something, found out about this information and made it go public just so he could get Vince out of power because I could see this guy doing it. This clown is in over his head. He does not deserve the position that he's hold, working for one of the most prestigious companies in the world. He does not deserve the position of power That he currently holds. And it pisses me off. Anyways. It's a conspiracy theory. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. But whatever. But as soon as the news came out. Vince said it out. The story to break the news that he was retiring and stepping away. Was of course. The fucking Wall Street Journal. And their headline said it all. On the ropes for alleged misconduct. Vince McMahon retires. So, and it's just that their, and their tweet said it all, and it's a picture of him waving in the ring with a microphone, and it's, it's an old picture, uh, they changed their company logo in 2014, uh, from 2002 to 20, they changed their company logo when they become the WWE after the, the lawsuit from the World Buying Life Fund, and they were no longer the WWF in 2002, well then from 2002 to 2014, they used one logo, and then in 2014, they were had a d- different logos, and this is for an, el- an old logo, but, um, you know, and Vince thanked the fans and uh, the wrestlers uh, and, and everyone it worked with, uh, and, of course, Stephanie came into power, uh, and Nick Kahn is the co-CEO with her. Stephanie, of course, as you could figure, uh, she's going to take on business dealings, too, as will Nick, but it's largely understood so far, or... Uh, I don't know if it's been confirmed yet or not. I I don't remember if it was confirmed or if it's just widely understood that while they were both kind of, yes, run the business side of things, Stephanie will focus more on content as far as like the wrestling and the, the content thing. And, and Nick Kahn will obviously work more about business. My biggest beef with Khan, I think, is just the way he comes in uh, about two years ago. And then, you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic. And all these budget cuts start coming. And they're releasing great talent left and right. Then he looks for a huge influx of cash for the company. Not saying the company was hurting for money. I don't believe they were ever hurting for money. Uh, and he orchestrates a multi, multi, billion, billion, billion with a fucking B a multi-billion dollar deal to sell the WWE network which in my f- was one of the greatest creations ever they sell it to NBC and Peacock because of World Wrestling Entertainment's long working relationship with NBC going back to the 80s with Saturday night's main event and whatnot and the XFL games and everything uh, they sell the rights to, to the WWE network to Peacock and of course, we're, it's 2022, I, I have to keep remembering that, that it's it's different times now. Certain things won't fly. Peacock immediately goes and starts removing some of the content out of the library, which pisses me off. Uh, but of course, you know, things were, it was a different time in the 90s. You know, I was born in 87, i will always consider myself a child of the 90s. Pro wrestling in the 90s and early 2000s was absolute fucking fire, son. Uh, but, you know, you can't do some of the things. But anyways, I hate Nick Khan. Uh, some other changes went backstage. Now, Bruce Pritchard is, is a great guy. I love Bruce Pritchard. Bruce has uh, worked for the WWE three different occasions now. Uh, his longest tenured time was uh, between 1992 and 2008. He was released by Vince's daughter, Stephanie. Uh, and they had some altercations and some words. They didn't get along. He was brought back by Vince in uh, 2018 or 2019. Uh, he is now a senior uh, vice president with the company, once again, does some consulting role, and now he's backstage running, helping to run creative, helping to manage the shows. And then, of course, the big news that came down today was that uh, Triple H, Vince's son-in-law, Stephanie's husband, is going to oversee creative. Now, what that means, uh, the, one of the most important jobs in WWE, the most important job, is the head of creative. That is the guy that is in charge of the the talent. That is the guy that is in charge of the matches you see in the ring, the storylines that draw you in, the soap opera aspect. That is in charge with who's getting pushed on TV, who you're going to see. And let me tell you, when I say that this was a universally loved decision, it is. Because um, for you guys that that do watch wrestling, or sometimes do, uh, NXT... How it's all like tie-dyed and splashed and shit now for about the last year or so, or almost a year. Yeah, uh, when it was black and gold, that was all the brainchild of uh, Paul Levesque, Triple H, Vince's son-in-law. All that great talent, all those great matches that you've seen in NXT. How every week, week in and week out, the best show that they were pumping out wasn't Raw on Monday night. wasn't Smackdown on Friday nights, it was NXT on Wednesday nights or Tuesday nights or whenever. Yeah, the black and gold brand. That Triple H, that's his baby He was in charge of that So now he's back in charge of the company And let me tell you, word around wrestling Twitter And the IWC Which stands for Internet Wrestling Community And uh, as you guys know, I've said it before I uh, contribute from Bodyslam.net I uh, have been have known the founder For 18 years, he's been one of my best friends uh, So yeah I do have some followers on Twitter At the Atkins Asylum by the way uh, A lot of my Twitter, Twitter Is uh, wrestling dominated there's a lot of blue check marks, and more, more to come on that in a few minutes. Uh, there's a lot of blue check marks that follow me. I'm not a blue check mark myself. I want to be. I never fun about doing it. I wonder if I can apply to do it, or if I have to have a certain number of followers. Anyways, um, it's a, it's been a universally loved decision. I lost my vape again. It's been a universally loved decision. So, hopefully this can pull them out of what they have going on, or at least make things uh, people take away. The Vince thing is not done. It's it's not done, especially with the SEC potentially being involved and everything else. Um, Triple H has got one of the sharpest minds in the business, so creative will be okay, and especially Bruce Pritchard. And, and Some was wondering Friday when this came down if Pritchard was going to stay Vince brought him back three or four years ago. Um, he's going to remain probably the second in command as far as creative goes and ultimately as far as running of the company goes, you know he will probably be the third fourth, fifth in command, whatever. Uh, pretty sure to report to Paul Levesque, Triple H uh, and, it's, and it's good Triple h's got a wrestling mind. this is this is awesome and this is come and this is coming at a perfect time because the rumors are coming out that they and, and they've they, it was announced prematurely they are going back to a TV 14 rating which is what you had up until 2008 when they went to PG. You're, you might have more adult-oriented matches and theme- the, the blood could come back. The profanity could come back. I don't know if you'll have uh, storylines with racial undertones anymore or hev- heavily sexually influenced storylines. You're not going to have no uh, people getting stripping down to their underwear and having simulating a live sex celebration in the ring like they did in 2006. That's not coming back. You're not going to have a guy... With his pants pulled down and they have a blurred image of his dick laying on a chopping block getting ready to be cut off like they had in 1998. I'm not saying shit like that's coming back. But definitely things are, uh, they're 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 heading in a, in a different direction. And this is coming on a turn, and, and I have used this hashtag on Twitter since January 1st, that 2020, 2020, 2022, the year of pro wrestling. And that's what this has been. It's... 2022 has been the year of professional wrestling. It has been a nonstop crazy year with so much good shit going on. Thank you, Vince, for the uh, such good shit line. No, thank you, Vince. for. Well, I mean, I guess thank you, Vince, for, for WWE because it is. But, uh, Vince, it's it's just, a, it's a, it's an inside joke. It's an inside story to something he would said, something that happened a few years ago. He said, such good shit. Referring to uh, having a guy talk about his, a friend of his who, uh, Roman Reigns was going through cancer, he had John Moxley get in the ring and mock him for having cancer, because that's what a heel does, he's a dick, but, uh, you know, Tony Khan, not Nick Khan, Tony Khan purchased Ring of Honor, he's the guy that owns AEW, his son, his father, Shad, is the guy that owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, there's money, uh, it, it's just, it's an interesting time in wrestling, 2022, it's, it's such a fucking interesting time. Ring of Honor comes back from apparent death. Impact Wrestling is doing great. The NWA is doing great. Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestles another match. Comes out of retirement after 19 years. Ric Flair is retiring, having his last match. Retiring for like the third time. Having his final match uh, this coming weekend. Vince McMahon has stepped down. The Undertaker is in the Hall of Fame. Triple H is retired. Like what a fucking crazy year. For the sport that I love. Uh, there, there's definitely more I could talk about as far as this, this man's story and what, what changes is, is coming to the wrestling business. But let me tell you something, if it's any indication because of some of the things that's being said across wrestling, Twitter and everything, it, it's going to be a phenomenal race to the end of the year in the sport of professional wrestling, how this changes WWE's outlook, how this changes their content, how this changes their matches, the actions, the storylines, the promos, because I'll be honest with you, uh, the E's shit has not been good for the last... The in-ring action's been fairly decent, yes. But the storylines have been so bad, so vague, because they were handcuffed by this fucking PG era. I believe. That's that's my belief. And they were handcuffed by a 77-year-old man who was still in control, would not release control to his daughter, his son-in-law, hell, even his son, who may or may not be coming back into the fold now. Ugh. It was so bad. It was so bland. It was so out of touch with everything. So, it's it's going to be interesting to see. And it's only July. We still got August, September, October, November, motherfucking December yet. Like,
1: like what is going to happen? You know? Wow. So... Sorry, Hang on one second. Now, I did not get to check out Raw tonight.
0: I'll jump on Hulu here in a little bit and uh, replay it back because this is the first m- Raw of the... Uh, and you have to call it a new era. So I don't know how the product was or whatnot. Um, but uh, but uh, good things are, are coming with Triple H and Stephanie at the helm. Uh, good things are coming. No doubt about that. Uh, and then I guess which brings me to to a close on a couple of things here, mainly um, Steel Toes and Scoreboards business. Uh, we are um, let me log into our uh, Steel Toes and Scoreboards uh, website here. So sorry, Tuesday morning.
1: Let's log in here. There's a there is a couple things I want to cover here. We already had a download today. Waco again. Man, I tell you
0: what, fuck. this Waco episode that we did we did Waco back on June twenty sixth. We did Waco a month ago. And uh in the last thirty days, it's received fourteen downloads. And man, we had we had a couple of really good days here lately. Holy fuck. We had a twenty four download day on Thursday, which I shared. We had a five-download day Friday the 22nd. We had a four-download day Saturday the 23rd. Sunday, we had a 24-download day again. Holy shit. And yesterday, we had a 20-day download.
1: Does it say where all these are coming from? does not say where all these are coming from.
0: We We are on track, I guarantee you, with this release coming out uh, here in a little bit after this uploads here off my phone and with me and Kurt's mini episode coming up this weekend. And if I do anything else our mini episode coming up in a few days, and then our final episode coming up, uh, Sunday, Saturday night, he might end, we're going to end up topping our all time total. Because if I go back and look at our all time records, uh, our best month was the second month, June, uh, because that's when people are really starting to get into the podcast. You know, they're checking it out to see what they like, what they don't like. We had 107 downloads total for the month of June, 2021. That was our second month podcasting, our worst statistical month. We we're coming off of last month, just we didn't have the time to record that many episodes. We we record. We had 34 downloads in June, 2022. June 2021, our highest month ever at 107. June 2022, 34. And as it sits right here today, July, we're at 104, so holy fuck. Uh, Where are these downloads coming from? Where are these downloads coming from for the month? It still shows 72 unknown downloads. For whatever reason, it's not linking up the geography behind it. But uh, so far, 22 from the state of Indiana, 3 from Georgia, 2 from Texas, 1 from Massachusetts, ah, Patriots,
1: Rams, Super Bowl. Okay, well, fuck, that's awesome. Okay, but uh, anyways, the um, couple things
0: I wanted to talk about: uh, Steel Toes Scoreboards business, podcast business. Uh, I've uh, been in touch with uh, Scott Kyle. Uh, Scott Kyle, why does that name sound familiar to you? Uh, Scott's uh, from Glasgow. Uh, he's living in LA. He's an actor. He's uh, blue check mark verified on Twitter. Uh, he's got something like uh, six hundred twenty thousand followers. Uh, I've been talking to Scott. He, he's a he's a he's a great guy. He's uh, a philanthropist, a humanitarian, super good guy. He's very out there about um, stage theater acting. Tell a lot of these people get into acting. They start on the stage in the theater. You know, when I was in school, one of the kids said that they wanted to grow up be an actor. when we were in eighth grade, and the teacher was like, "You got to take theater class. You can't become an actor in Hollywood without taking theater." Which, whether it's true or not, I don't know. Don't really give a fuck. But uh, Kyle's really involved with that, uh, or Mister Kyle, Scott Kyle. Uh, I talked to him briefly about seeing if he'd have any interest in coming on to do a possible episode and just talk about whatever he wants to talk about. And, uh, I asked him, you know, kind of what his rate was for an interview and, uh, super great guy. He said, I just typically ask that people uh, donate to my children's theater workshop projects and they sent me a link to check it out. And I did. So I'm going to try to put something together there just because, uh, Kurt and I like to promote things that deal with, uh, charity on the show. We like to talk about things that deal with positivity, positivity, excuse me, for children on the show and we like to talk about things that uh, and, and promote veteran things. And uh, I don't have any of my sponsor information. Generally, when we do these small episodes like this, we don't promote any sponsors or whatever. But, uh, you know, one of the people that quote-unquote sponsor us, they've sent us some free merch, so is Black Rifle Coffee Company. So um, that's pretty cool. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this collaboration upcoming with Scott Kyle. Of course, as I said in the blue in my face, we've got the, up, up, the collaboration upcoming. I'm so excited, I can't talk. We have the upcoming collaboration coming with the After Two Beers people, uh, Chris, uh, a.k.a. Dutch and Gibbler, and, and I cannot wait for that sports card episode. That's got me super excited. And then uh, they're going to record with us. We're going to do one with them, and then uh, I'm going to hook the mics up. And hook up all of our equipment. Dutch said he didn't have to bring anything; they got everything there. But me, being me, I'd hate to go up there for four hours and sit there and hang out all day and record. And then they give me a copy to come home and insert and upload to my shit, and then it not work, I would cry. So I'm gonna go ahead and pack my equipment along, take the extra 15, 20 minutes, set my shit up, and press record. Uh, Kurt's not a big drinker anymore. I told him he didn't. He kind of he kind of he hemmed around like he might have been worried about it or whatever. And I'm like, you ain't gotta drink nothing, bro. Like, I might have one. I mean, that's the whole premise, you know. Two drinks, pressure cord, nobody's going to pop on, test to pop on two drinks, but... Uh, and then, then the biggest thing, uh, I've got an upcoming collaboration, uh, and depending on when it will be here on this show, most likely, it'll just be a Jared bonus episode. I've got an upcoming episode with, uh, a referee for the National Wrestling Nights, the NWA, a good friend of mine, uh... She's just going to come in because the the big NWA event's coming in August. Uh, wrestling at the Chase in St. Louis. It's it's a big event for them. It's a two night event, Saturday and Sunday, towards the end of August. Uh, Fritz is one of the referees for the NWA, uh, so he was like, "Sure, I'll come on and do a podcast." And I was like, "Well, what if we just do a remote interview? I'll just ask you questions." You don't have to sit here and actually talk about anything with me and just answer questions. He said, sure. So I drummed up some questions there. And then that brings me back to the podcast that I keep talking about, the, the launching. Uh, the wrestling podcast is, is nearing a launch. Um, I've actually, somehow now, people are coming out of the woodwork. I've now backed my way into three potential wrestling podcasts with three potential different people. I've got a meet and greet uh, with a local, former local uh on-air personality for, for radio stations here in Dubois County um, to uh, try to sit there and figure out what we're going to do. We're going to sh- shoot some ideas and spitball. He's he's seemingly pretty interested. He's actually had a wrestling podcast in the past uh, called Best in the World. Go check it out. Uh, M- Mr. McGruber, I call him. His Twitter handle's at McGruber. Uh, huh. uh, actually, is it at McGruber?
1: I didn't want to name drop anybody, but maybe I should. Hang on. Hang on. Let me look for it. Come on. Where are you at? Oh, gosh. Dang it. So, anyways, it's Zach Gruber. Uh.
0: He used to work for uh, WBDC and WAXL, I think.
1: Was it AXL? Oh, I can't even remember. Followers. So we'll go follow Zach. Yeah, MacRuber6754.
0: So uh, Zach used to do the Best in the World podcast. Uh, he does some work for Zero One. USA loves zero one. He's a big Bullet Club guy, big wrestling geek like me, and uh, one of one of my favorite independent promotions coming up is uh, is Paradigm Pro Wrestling, based up in New Albany, Jeffersonville, Clarksville area. They they're going to let me come in and meet some talent and talk to some talent on behalf of Body Slam. Uh, back in January, then I got COVID, and we've just not connected back since then, and that falls on me. I need to touch base with him. But, but me and Zach's in the talks, for, working with one. Uh, there's another guy that works the independent scene here locally. But he works a full-time job for the Indiana uh, DOT. We've been talking about one. And then, of course, the biggest one, I'm going to go ahead and break the fourth wall here because I don't know how many people are going to see this, but uh, Tommy Henry is a uh, Tennessee legend, in my mind. Tommy Henry is the father of uh, Kinsey Page, who is making quite a name for herself across uh, the independent scene and the NWA. She's won half of the NWA Women's Tag Team Champions with Ella Envy. Uh, Kenzie's dad, Tommy, is, I've, I've known Tommy. Uh, I, I don't personally know him. Like We're not running buddies. We never drank a beer together. But me and Tommy have known each other across social media for like 12, 13 years now. Uh, he's one of my biggest fans on Facebook. Uh, I'm one of his biggest followers there, too. He owns uh, KFW. Which is based down in around uh, Seaverville, Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg area. They run a lot of Knoxville. It's a uh, KFW Crossfire Wrestling. Uh, me and Tommy's talking about one, uh, and uh, we have to touch some base and work some things out. So I could potentially be releasing three fucking wrestling podcast when all I've been bitching about and bitching about and bitching about is people like hey come do a wrestling podcast with me hey let's talk wrestling everybody always asks me questions about wrestling everybody I know is like what do you think about this in wrestling what do you think about you're a big wrestling guy this wrestling that wrestling this wrestling this wrestling and then I'm always like hey I can I'm only one person you want to talk about so come on the air and talk to, talk it with me or hey come on the air and be a guest you don't have to do a co-host role with me just come on talk to me well we don't live together or we don't live nearby. I got a fifty dollar mod for my pod tracker. I just need your phone. And if you don't want me giving me your phone number, I can Facebook Messenger, Facebook call, or Skype you. Why well, don't want my face seen on video? I don't do video podcasts yet. I need to do some more research on that. I know there. I know I could potentially use Zoom or Streamyard. But if I want to do it, I actually want nice recorded video and shit. So I don't fuck with video podcasts right now. It's all audio. So if you Skype me, the only person going to see your face is me. But anyways, that's... Uh, and then the uh, the other thing I want to talk about is... Uh, I, I was The Freemasonry Podcast is, is launching later this year. The True Crime Podcast. I think to get that ball rolling, I might just have to use a... Just do another solo Jared episode right here and kickstart it and see how many people I can get... You know, promote the hell out of the episode across several facets of social media. Ask some people I'm good friends with on social media if they'll promote it. And maybe that'll catch the ear of somebody that's wanting to do do a uh, true crime podcast with me. But the the other one that's getting ready to kick off uh, is the the outdoors podcast with my boss, one of my best friends. And another guy in our clique, one of my other best friends, uh, we're going to do the outdoors podcast, you know, Tips, uh, wild game recipes, fishing, hunting, trapping, good stories, gun collecting, knife collecting, uh, fun explosive things to blow up, like just, just, uh, I sent the text message out yesterday afternoon, like, man, I'm fucking sick of this, when are we going to get something going with this, like, I'm tired of waiting, and then it's like, uh, how much more equipment do you need, I'm like, well, you know, I got to buy a couple more pieces, and they're like, let's just talk about this. So I think they're going to um, i not saying they're going to purchase it for me. I, don't, I wouldn't want anybody to do that. But I think they're going to help me uh, get what we need. I need another I just really need one more mic but uh, they're cheaper to buy two packs with headphones. Plus that way if one mic headphone goes bad we've always got a backup. So we're going to get that set up and, and that's going to launch. Uh, I would like to have my first episode recorded sometime in September. And they're going to be right in the middle of September, October gets here. They're going to be in the middle of getting ready for bow season and everything, but we will find time to make it work. We will absolutely find time to make it work. Um, you know, we could record on us. you know, they could take one morning off for a hunt and hunt like a Saturday evening, and then on a Saturday morning we could sit there for four, five, six hours and bang out, you know, a few hour or half hour long episodes, and then I could release them all at, at times. That way we've got, they're not always busy, and, and I could, we could, we re- could, record once a month and have enough content to get us through the entire month where we don't have to record till about a week out, and then boom, 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 got another four coming, and I can do that with anything I do, the True Crime Podcaster, it's all about with me working from home a lot more, I have flexibility at my schedule, I can bend around to what a co-host needs. But uh anyways, that, so that that was the point of tonight. A little bit more mileage out of the podcast. I had so much shit I wanted to talk to and everybody's in bed. I ain't got anybody to talk to. I mean it's 12:53 a.m but I, I definitely wanted to uh, to talk a little bit and uh, man, this, this McMahon story like I just cannot believe that he stepped down and I don't I honestly do
1: not think I don't think this is a work. I think this is a shoot.
0: It's real. You know, during the whole last two or three weeks when he quote-unquote stepped away a month, yeah, he might not have been in charge or so he says, but he was on the phone with Stephanie pulling the string with her now. Now I would like to believe that when he says retired, it's honestly retired. It's not a face. It's nothing covered up. It's legitimately him not calling Stephanie at 2 o'clock in the morning on a burner phone so nobody checks her phone records. Hey, her dad's still in the business. He's calling. It's I, it's literally going to be her decision on what
1: happens now, not his. So crazy times we're living in.
0: But uh, I think that's it for me, guys. I, I just wanted to tell you all um, thank you so much all your support, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be getting some um, options set up. You guys don't have to, obviously. I would feel it would mean an, an extreme amount to me if you would do this, but I might be. I've been looking into Patreon. I might be getting a, a Patreon set up. I might be getting a uh, a Buy My Coffee set up. Uh, buy My Coffee is a big thing. It's literally you know you just buy us a virtual coffee, so to speak, and it gives us, like, a few dollars here or there. Uh, but I'm going to be getting some things set up into play there. And, uh, of course, as I mentioned uh, about a month ago, um, Dole is going to be joining us really soon. I'm ordering the mics for that soon. So we will, uh, it, it's going to be awesome. It's, it's going to be, there, there's a lot coming. Uh, I have built this Steel Toes of Scoreboards brand, Since May of last year. And it's been hard. It's been frustrating as fuck. I've wanted to quit a million times. Because we weren't gaining a lot of traction. But here now we're coming off. uh, And I hope it stays like this. I hope this wasn't just an outlier. But uh, Somebody's come through and purged our catalog. Or purged the majority of the catalog. Over the last few several days. And then they came back for some more. Or they told a friend about it or something. I've had a few more people find out in recent days. That I've been doing a podcast. So they've been checking it out. I've been getting some feedback from them. Uh, oh, check out uh, "Not Your Basic Dad" on Twitter. Uh, he hosts a podcast called "Bullshit with Padre," while well, he talks with his son. Uh, "Bullshit with Padre," not your basic dad. Uh, the the guy the not your basic dad the guy that owns "Bullshit with Padre." He he touched out over Twitter. Uh, DMs a few days ago said he's listened to every episode. He he loves everything. He likes when we do the steel toes side of things, but he loves the sports too. He basically just told me you're Basically, no. So work yeah, I'm small time, but I'm getting there. Just keep grinding. So uh, I want to thank you for that, and I want to thank everybody that's ever said anything positive about this podcast. I want to thank everybody that's ever had anything to do with this podcast. I appreciate that more, than you. I have worked my ass off. It is a seven day a week job to build these fucking brands. I don't. I don't care that I'm never going to hit Joe Rogan numbers with this or any of them. I don't care that I'm not going to be the next Conrad Thompson. I don't care about that. I enjoy what I do, and if I can just get twenty thirty downloads a month, fifty downloads, or I should say a week that's what I want not not even a day. Give me twenty thirty downloads a week I don't have to have twenty downloaded
1: days every day, but if I could get if I could get a hundred downloads a month, now that'd be pretty sweet.
0: So, we'll see what happens. There's a lot coming for this podcast. There's a lot coming for Jared Atkins in general as far as podcasts go. But, uh... All right, guys. I'll uh, cut it short. Uh, absent tonight, of course, was Kirk Kelly. This was just a, uh... I'm gonna, I'm gonna call this another weeknight episode. I'm not even gonna call it a Jared episode. Just another weeknight, but I'll be flying solo. And, uh, we'll catch you guys one night later on this week. we got a mini coming at you. And then on Saturday night, look forward on Sunday morning or Monday morning, uh... 1990 World Series, Reds and A's, so,
1: I appreciate you guys, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you later.